Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm here, as you can see, in Studio C today. Studio C. C. The background's a little different. It is. windows, drives. Oh, yeah. A little different. And I'm here with Pastor Nick. How's it going, Pastor Nick? It's going good. Doing well. (laughs) I apologize. We're getting this uh, podcast out late a little bit. I... uh, I was a little under the weather. You may be able to still hear it in my voice a little bit. I'm dealing with, uh, what was you saying? The spirit of infirmity cannot stop us. It can only slow us down. It just slows us down. Praise yeah. God. So Yeshua had to go and hear all these people and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I went, uh, traveled this weekend to an Israel rally over in Nashville, Tennessee. That was pretty cool uh, that the Israel guys put on. Enjoyed that very much. Took some of my kids with me. And we went and did the rah-rah thing for Israel. Praise God. Can't because be Israel needs to know that we support them. And you were in Tennessee. I was. And they had that shooting. The day I was there. It happened while I was there, yeah. which was a little sobering. Because you were coming back. Well, yeah, because I was the there Monday. Monday morning. I was still at the hotel on Monday morning when it happened. Um, so, man, we our hearts and, and prayers and everything are out to the, the pastor who lost his little girl. She was a nine-year-old little girl that he lost um, in that attack. And uh, also to the other families that uh, lost a child or a loved one in that situation. It's senseless violence. Uh, that's all there is to it. Um, you know, it's sin. It's uh, a problem that we all have to deal with. The, w- the world needs more Jesus. And, um, you know, there's a lot of talk in the news about this situation, and I'll say that, um, you know, the persecution of Christians, you know, if it's not already here, it may be coming, you know? And that's yeah. sobering for all of us to, to hold on to the Lord, right. keep our faith in the right place. Amen? So... On to some lighter notes. Uh, if you are watching this for the very first time, thanks for being here. Uh, if you're on the podcast apps, go ahead and subscribe to this so that you get the updates. We put out a podcast uh, once a week, sometimes twice a week, usually only once, though, so you won't get flooded from us. Uh, same thing with our YouTube channel. We don't put out a ton of content, but we do put something out about once a week, always in the long form, uh, which we've been thinking about doing some short form stuff. But you know, like I said, we were doing mostly the long form, about an hour of podcast, 45 minutes-ish. Right. And uh, for four years, we did the tour portions, and this year we've been doing the Book of Matthew. And so we are actually coming, I mean, weird timing that we're coming up in the season of redemption to the close of the Book of you Matthew. You can't make this stuff you up. You can't make this stuff up. And it, we didn't plan it this way. It just seems no. to be the timing is working this way. And so today we're going to be studying uh, Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 56, and we start with Yeshua praise in Gethsemane. All right, here we go. Matthew twenty six thirty six. Here we go. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Wow. So 
this uh, this starts to get a little sobering. You know, we're getting to see uh, the humanity of Yeshua as he is uh, coming to you know the realization that he's about to go through some pretty pretty heavy stuff and taking on the sin of the world, mental anguish, and so. The word Gethsemane means oil press, indicating the garden area among the olive groves on the Mount of Olives where olive oil was prepared. Imagine that. The Mount of Olives was an olive grove. In Gethsemane. Today's just a big cemetery, really. <laughs> you know, but um, if you ever see the Mount of Olives, you see all the ossuary boxes uh, on the Mount of Olives. But all that at one point was a big olive farm. And so the traditional location of Gethsemane is now marked by the modern church of all nations, which was built over a fourth century, uh, over a fourth century, uh, Byzantine church. Yeah. Built over a fourth century. Mm -hmm. Meaning that it took 250 years to build. Yeah. So it was built over a fourth century Byzantine church. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a fourth century Byzantine church. It was built over it. Got it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. So after Jesus told the disciples to sit down, he asked Peter, James, and John to join him away from the other disciples so that he could pray. So there's his circle, right? His inner circle. And then there's like his inner, inner circle. Yeah. I wanted to show that. Yeah. He has 12 disciples, but that was brought out three of them. Peter, James, and John were like his, his close, his close disciples. And so the three disciples went with Jesus and they made up his inner circle. Uh, Peter, James, and John were also brought up into a high mountain by Jesus where they witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus. Uh, Jesus had three in his inner circle, nine other disciples in his outer circle, and then there were the other people beyond that. You can only have a handful of people in your inner circle. And so that brings us to our discussion question. Why everyone cannot be in your inner circle? Why? Well, I would say it's not feasible. It's not doable, really, uh, for time constraints. Mm-hmm. Also, um, there's only a handful of people that can take the real you, mm. <laughs> that accepts you for who you are, yeah. what you are, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it works. And it was, it, It's actually reciprocated both ways. Sure. But, but if you just think about it, not everyone can be in your inner circle. Mm. I mean, if you say, I have 10 best friends, I, I would disagree. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was the relationship between Jonathan and David and all of that. But what I'm saying is that uh, because of time constraints and, and the amount, you know, it's just not feasible. Right. I mean, if you think otherwise, then give us some feedback. But, you know, I... Um, it's like a handful, like maybe five five to seven, maybe. I mean, yeah. Well, there's, you know, you have your outer court, inner court, holy of holies, right? Just like the tabernacle. Yeah, And I think our lives can be like that as well. Right. Um, and so to your point, uh, number one, I would say not everybody can be trusted. It's just is what it is. You find that some people are, true. are more trustworthy than others. You know, or they they may can't handle all the truth or your weaknesses. Right, right. Which again, not and okay. So when you say it that way, maybe it sounds like some people aren't trustworthy in general. And I don't necessarily mean that, right? No, it's no. I'm just maybe saying, y'all, the two of you guys, you know, or, trust is reciprocated. Exactly. And when you violate it, you got to you, you can you can gain right. it back, but you have to start over. But it's a tough road. It is a tough road. Yeah, 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 it's easier to gain trust the first time than it is to gain trust after you've broken trust, right? And you're only as good as the people you surround yourself mm. with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Trump had a lot of turnover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. really did. Yeah. Speaking of it's which, he was good. indicted yesterday. It's pretty it's rough. Just, none of it's good. It's not good. Who wants to be in the judicial system? Not uh, be in the system. Well, some people are are licking their chops right now. You know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go. I'm gonna. Who knows? All right. So moving on. Jesus began to be sorrowful and very heavy, uh, is what it says. And, and the word heavy here is the Greek word, adamoneia, adomoneo. 
Uh, and it means to be in distress uh, of mind, to be full of heaviness or be very heavy. Now, Jesus told his three disciples, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. And before Jesus could experience physical anguish, he had to experience mental anguish. He really did. You know, mm-hmm. um, we read in there where, and I, and I, I noticed that he fell on his face mm-hmm. and prayed. Yeah. Wow. He didn't just pray. Yeah, yeah. He fell on his face. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, um, Dr. Michael Heiser makes some reference, and, and I know it could be um, controversial, but uh, it seems that, you know, because Jesus was 100% God, 100% human, though, that he was limited. Mm-hmm. That he had to lean more towards the human side, right, than the the God side. Self limitations, right? Because um, remember, I can call down these angels. I can do this. Right. I can do that. You know, and so he, he didn't do it. So, right. so you know, anyway. Well, because in order for what he was doing to actually have the effect that was prescribed here, he had to do that. He had to be man and had to be right the perfect sacrifice. It's it's a it's a. You know, if he's 100% human, he's got 100% emotions. Mm-hmm. Well, he showed us what was possible, you know. Um, Jesus shows his total humanity by falling on his face to pray. That's... Humility. Yep. Total humility. He and humanity. Show, he does show humanity. <laughs> see, see, it was like a Freudian slip there. I Doing read this it. outline was a lot of fun because it was like, wow, look at this, man. You know, I never, I never picked up on that before, you know, but now I did. And I'm like, yeah. wow, Jesus fell on his face and prayed. Well, I feel like that sometimes. So Jesus was not rebelling against his father's will when he asked that the cup of suffering be taken away from him. In fact, he reaffirmed he de- uh, his desire to do God's will by saying, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. His prayer reveals his humanness and his terrible suffering. The sinless Son of God took our sins upon himself to save us from eternal suffering and separation from God. That's, this is this is the basic Christian doctrine, right? I mean, this is uh, reading these things and understanding uh, what he went through for us so that we would be brought in, so that we could be grafted in, so that we could partake in the promises that God made to Abraham. He took full responsibility for creating the homo sapien race. Oh, yeah. He took full responsibility. So if he's perfect and he's all these things and he made us fallible mm-hmm. and that there is, you know, because of sin now there's death, he took it upon himself now. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Mm-hmm. So when he created us, he, he didn't intend for us to be sick and die and all these things. Right. He, he created us to live with him forever and to participate in what he's doing, you know, in, in all these superhero movies and different things, Thanos and all these people, Zeus or whatever. These gods, you know, um, have their own entourage, their own way of doing things, and people serve them. But that's what God is actually doing with us. He created us so that we can serve with him and enjoy him. And his creation and all that he's done. Because he made earth for us to enjoy. That's why you see all the different landscapes and mountains and trees and flowers. And, yeah. You know, it's like looking at the mouse in the cage that I used to do at night with my kids. You know, just, oh, look, they're nocturnal. They're, they're making a nest. Look, oh, those two are fighting. Or, you know, but, but and, and the Lord's like, you know, I'm watching you. I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's your turn to read. It is. So the disciples fall asleep. Um, We're going to read chapter 26, verses 40 through 42. And it says, And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. 
Wow. So Jesus used Peter's drowsiness to warn him about the kinds of temptation he would soon face. The way to overcome temptation is to keep alert and pray. Keeping alert means being aware of the possibilities of temptation, sensitive to its subtleties or subtleties, and spiritually equipped to fight it. Wow. Because temptation strikes where we are most vulnerable. We can't resist it alone. Prayer is essential because God's strength can shore up our defenses and defeat Satan's power. Amen. So, you know, we all get tired, you know, um, and that happens. But, you know, if you look at it, you know, he's praying. So in, in verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. The word will is the Greek word uh, thelema, and it means a determination. He was determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, properly the thing, I actively choice, especially purpose, decree, abstractly, volition, mm-hmm. or passively, inclination, desire, pleasure, or will. The word will is the same word that is used in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6.10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be thy done, will be done mm-hmm. in earth as it is in heaven. So there's the will. You know, um, in child discipline, you know, uh, Reb Bradley's a great resource. Reb Bradley, I don't know if he's still alive or not, but he, he was a very knowledgeable man in homeschoolers and different things and biblical child training. He was a master at teaching this. We saw the resources of the book, but he he talks about breaking the will of a child mm-hmm. that's going in the wrong direction. Yeah, you know, and some people don't believe in sparing the rod; you know, they, they want to spare the rod instead of using the rod. And there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way to discipline our children. I'm not going to get into all that, but uh, it actually says to keep them from hell. I mean, I was like, whoa! I just read that the other day. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you use the rod to keep them out of hell. I'm thinking, I'm doing you a favor, you know. Well, you want to beat the hell out of them? Yeah, beat the hell out of them. (laughs) But the thing is, you know, and people get real, you know, and what how it's like Red Bradley was saying, this this guy is just a professional biblical child trainer. I mean, but he was talking about some children have been abused physically. Therefore, you know, when you get out the rod or the belt or whatever, you you know, you should have a rod, not a belt. But if you use anything to discipline a child, you know, uh, it could traumatize them. Mm-hmm. If you do it the wrong way and anger and not in pain and whatever, I don't know how to explain it, but you, it's just, it's, that's abuse, mm-hmm. you know? And so my thing is, um, even in the, in the heat, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about chastisement and, uh, the, the connotation is pain. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we make mistakes and we can feel the pain, Oh yeah, you know, and, and the sorrow in that. But, uh, to me, uh, this is very, very interesting because, you know, uh, he wants to follow the Lord's will. You know, we talk about um, God's purposes, God's plans, you know, and uh, those 10 spies died of a plague, you know, because they altered God's purpose. Along with a bunch of other You people. can read that in Numbers. Mm-hmm. He said, I took them out with a plague because they altered my purpose. Yeah, breach of promise. So this is a word for anyone that's watching, listening. Anything or anybody or any spirit, anything is, that's trying to keep you away from Israel is altering God's purpose. Mm. Wait a minute, but it's not safe. You're altering God's purpose. But wait a minute, you know, the the, the, the Jews didn't accept him. He came to his own, his own didn't receive him. No, 
you're you're on thin ice. Yeah, you're altering God's purpose. You okay? know what you don't want to look at? You don't want to look at the the crime statistics in your own area. That's what you don't want to look at because what it well, is is Israel because it is the apple of God's eye, and it's the focus and concentration of the enemy. Everything that happens there is blasted all over the world in worldwide news. But what's happening in Brandon, Florida, nobody knows. I mean, people would be, uh, I mean, they would be scared if they knew how many people, just pedestrians, get hit by cars. So what's Just the, in a five-mile radius. What's the name of that rifle it's, it's a, it, that they're using to kill people in the schools? The AR-15? AR-50 or 15? 15. So the AR-15. Yeah. Okay. This particular weapon, and, I, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, you know, saying that we have to do away with guns. Sure. But every school shooting was that rifle. Really? Every single time. Hmm. Interesting. Not good. Yeah, it's also probably the most popular rifle on the but market. But anyway, just check check it out. It's like I, saying a nine millimeter I, handgun. I, I, you know? I'd like to research it more myself, but yeah. but that's uh, that's just the way. But you know, like I said, you know, the the will is important. You know, you that's know? the standard. So so the AR fifteen is just the um, the the civilian standard of like the M four or the M sixteen, you know, carbine rifle. Right. So it's the most popular ammo, either five five six or two two three. It's See, um, yeah. It's just the most I have popular, a shotgun. But. It's just the most popular, you know, rifle on the you know, market. You know, as we uh, because it, I put it like this: it's like Android versus Apple. Android you has all these different brands that can make it, which that's the way the AR-15 platform is. It's not like copywritten. It's not Remington, right? So anybody can make it. So it's not like a specific brand makes the AR-15. All brands make an AR-15. Wow. Versus like handguns like the 1911 or the Smith & Wesson M&P or the Glock that all have a copywritten or a trademarked platform. That's sad. Yeah. So, so that's it, scary. And that's why anybody can make it. But see, that's scary. And what's, which is, it goes to why it's so popular. That is scary. Yeah. You know, we're talking, I want to focus on him falling on his face and praying and being in anguish. Mm. But and we're going to just develop this here. The, the four cups of Passover are an integral part of the Passover celebration. They stand for each of the four promises the Lord makes to his people in Exodus chapter six, verses six and seven. I thought that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Number one, the cup of sanctification. Number two, the cup of deliverance. Number three, the cup of redemption. Number four, the cup of praise. Mm -hmm. Now, the second cup can also be called the cup of affliction. It's, it's called the cup of deliverance, but the second cup can be also uh, be called the cup of affliction. And Jesus, of his own free will, was willing to drink from this cup for us. In Luke um, chapter 22, verse 44, it says, And in being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Wow. Jesus' sweating blood could be understood to be metaphorically. There are both ancient and modern accounts on record of people sweating blood, a condition known as hematidrosis, where extreme anguish or physical strain causes one's capillary blood vessels to dilate and burst, mm. mixing sweat and blood. In either case... <laughs> Luke's main purpose is to highlight the intensity of Jesus' emotional and physical trauma, and he's the only one that's, that documents this. And, of course, we know Luke is the beloved physician. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of stuff going on here, you know, when you, when, you, when you reflect on it. I'm just now finishing up a book that's, man, I guess it's hard to get. It's The Six Trials of Jesus by John W. Lawrence. I think he passed away in 1995. What a you, great read, you read this every year, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. This book is so phenomenal, so good. 
you don't even know how much he has done for us and what he did for us right. and how it all plays out, how powerful Jesus is as a person. I mean, what he really went through, what he really did, how he fulfilled the prophecies, how he took our place. I mean, it's a big deal. And I just want to leave it at that. I mean, he, he's this mental anguish, you know, it's like with me, you know, I'd rather go through physical pain than mental yeah, pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mental anguish is, is tough. Till the physical pain starts. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, he's going to go I'd through I'd be like, the, no, 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 I'll take some more mental. He's going to go through the physical pain. Oh, and, yeah. And, and the six trials of Jesus were very, uh, just phenomenal research and understanding that, you know, he didn't blurt out his mouth. Right. And the guy basically says, the author did his homework. He had no sin, even when they tried him. Right. He was not guilty of anything. Right. Nothing. They twisted his words. They made up stuff. Right. They just wanted to kill him, you know. Uh, and, and so I'm just saying that that's powerful. Even when he was under trial, he, didn't, he wasn't a smart mouth. He didn't say anything stupid. He didn't use his ego. You know, he, he, he stated his case, you know, with Pilate or whatever. But it was like he was very professional, very respectful. He went before Herod, didn't say nothing. Right. And Herod wanted a show. Mm-hmm. He wanted some entertainment. He wasn't going to get it. Yeah. So anyway. And that's why Herod sent him away with no conviction. See, Pilate and Herod didn't get along, but because of this case, they right. were like, they were, they were. They might have been able to patch it up. They were like, yeah, patching some things up there, but, but yeah, but they were not friends at all. And so Pilate was hoping that, that Herod would convict him or do something mm-hmm. because he, he didn't want to have that put on him. So it backfired because that was his jurisdiction, Herod. So then Herod sent him back to Pilate. So Pilate had to end up doing... You know, I wonder what Pilate was like as a person. I've seen, you know, there's been many movie adaptations of of the story of Yeshua's life. And and, and Pilate comes on the scene. Sometimes they show him in all these different mannerisms, you know. So it makes you wonder what he was actually like um, and what this type of a decision was like. Obviously, you know, he made the right decision and the wrong decision all rolled into one. Uh, kind of like Judas when he betrayed Yeshua. Clearly, that you was know, a punishable well, they, decision. They, they have, I guess they documented that he got in trouble with Caesar. All right, and he got fired, right? And they and removed he killed him himself. from his post, and yeah. he ended up committing suicide. Because they, of what happened to Jesus? I don't know. If yeah, it, I don't either. It was, it was soon after that. Mm. But something happened even with Herod marrying, you know, his, his brother's sister-in-law. wife. Yeah. Whatever the Whatever, niece or something, mm-hmm. the, the relationship, but... Anyway, the, the, his his previous wife, the that particular ruler or king, went after Herod, and I guess they decimated him or something. Did oh. something. They there's retribution for that, breaking up with that first wife to yeah. marry Philip's his brother's wife. Which it's, it's like a soap opera. Which shows that like you know, we think we get away with things, and we really don't. You know, without repentance. No, no, there's no, no, no. You know, without the forgiveness of sin through Yeshua's blood, there's just no way around it. And so, if you no. haven't received that and accepted that then there's going to be consequences for your actions whether on earth or in heaven you know know, and i would say this too i i i would throw out i believe this is where it gets to be very interesting when he cried out and he was in that garden i believe that's where adam and eve sinned So he was there in the garden when, they, when, they, when they failed and did all these things. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And here he is coming back full circle saying, okay, you guys messed up. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you a way out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush a head, but I'm going to bruise a heel. Yeah. I mean, it's something to think about. Adam, where are you? You know, I mean, right. if you think about it, it's Jerusalem. 
yeah. the Garden of Eden. That's right. It's a garden. It's a Gethsemane. It's an oil press. It's, so anyway, something to think about. Yeah. Where was the Garden of Eden? Mm-hmm. You know, because they say that he was actually crucified outside the camp, but I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of controversy over where the cross was. So the Church of the Holy Sepulcher has, a lot, you know, some 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 merit, but I, I don't know. That's for his tomb, though. And, and no, I mean it, actually for even like the, the crucifixion because of the way they set it up and did it and discovered it or found it or something. Oh, there's, at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Yeah, interesting. So the yeah, tomb would have been right there. You mean? Well, not the tomb, but actually where he was crucified. Right, but the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is supposed to be the, the archaeologically the most likely place. I mean, it, it's a good study. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. talking to Hanukkah about that. Um, you know, because you have the Garden Tomb, which is the evangelical site, which yeah. today looks more realistic. So if you're trying to get an idea of what it would have looked like... It's not that place. Yeah, you go to the Garden Tomb yeah. if you're just trying to get an How idea. How big is that cistern? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see yeah. the guy on the ladder? Yeah. yeah looks yeah. like an ant. <laughs> Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I'm never forget that picture. This guy's on this ladder in the cistern, and it looks he looks like an ant. Yeah. And there's just all this distance from top to bottom... Where this thing would hold water. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy is there's those cisterns all around the Temple Mount, too, and they're just, anyways, ginormous. But then also, uh, but the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, um, you go there, and if you're not of a Catholic persuasion, you kind of get the heebie-jeebies a little bit. You walk in there, and you're just like, you know, it's so it's palatial. Very, it's religious, yeah. Well, it's very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an old... You have the Greek Orthodox in there, too. Oh, man, let me tell you. It's so funny because I was talking to somebody over there, and they were talking about how, like, they have time sharing, right? And sometimes the schedules get messed up, and, like, they've literally seen, like, priests from, like, Orthodox versus Catholic fight, like, over who gets to do a procession, you know? I don't want that. <laughs> Just like, oh, man. That's cracking me up. The good news is the Pope is doing better. Oh, yeah, he was in the hospital, right? I pray that he gets out of the hospital in time for Passover. It's an interesting, interesting I know. statement. Yeah. The pontiff is ill. yeah. I mean, you know. But I think he's, I, I really pray for his healing, you know. You're a good man. Is it, is it your turn to read? Uh, uh, no, it's your turn to read. That's right. Yep. Matthew chapter 26, verses 43 to 46. Jesus prayed while the disciples slept. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now. And take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. So the religious leaders that wanted to kill Jesus did not want to do it during the time of Passover because of the large crowds of people coming to celebrate uh, that could have rioted. Now Judas had to go to the authorities that uh, paid him at this time, because Jesus called him out and exposed him at the Last Supper as the betrayer. You know, I put that together. Yeah, so it's like almost you like know? the timeline got pushed up. It's like, guys, he knows we got to do this now. And they it's didn't want to do that. Right. But he was he was exposed. Yeah, but what choice did they have? Because yeah. the prophecies had to be fulfilled. That's right. And guess who started the whole thing? Jesus. That's right. One, All of you will betray me, but one of you will betray me, remember? Uh-huh. All of you are going to... Be All of offended. you are going to deny me. You're going to be offended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said, there's one that betrays me. Mm-hmm. Jesus is a winner. He likes to win. Mm-hmm. I remember when he said, I only lost one. Yeah. So 11 to 1, his ratio. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> but he said, I only lost one. He made a point to say that, though. Yeah. I only lost one. Yeah. Well, he picked him. He did. He did. You know, but Man, anyway. It's tough to be Judas. All right. So I'm going to read verses 47 through 50. 
Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't really get a big part. That's okay. I'm, o- I'm okay. You know what I mean? But I'll, you go ahead and su- take it down, down. Self-explanatory. Though. Let's do that. You take this on down after uh, you read. It sounds like you wanted the next section. That's cool. It's all right. I see it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. Betrayed with a kiss. Mm. So Judas had told the crowd to arrest the man he kissed. This was not an arrest by Roman soldiers under Roman law, but an arrest by the religious leaders. So this is the like the court you know, the temple court security guys. These are Levites that are coming to arrest him. Now, a customary way for friends in ancient and modern Israel to greet one another now becomes the means of betrayal. So he goes straight up and greets him and kisses him. Now, friends represents hetairos, implying not the closeness and affection of the usual word uh, for friend, which is phylos, but only acquaintance and association. It was used previously by Jesus in parables concerning someone who had taken advantage of a privileged relationship. So when he says friend, and Jesus said to him friend, he uses the word hetairos, wherefore art thou come, rather than phylos. Interesting. Yeah, I know. He's like, instead of, instead of BFF, it's, you know, acquaintance. Oh, yeah. Not good. All right. So there you go. Mm. So I will read. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. I will read 51 through 56. Peter uses his sword. I'm going to read. Oh, you are? Remember, it's my turn now. I'll make sure. You just read. I did, but now you're going to take the rest of it. No, I'm going to read, and you can jump in with the sword and stuff. Oh, okay. It's very interesting. I got some good points in here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because you're like, let Scripture interpret Scripture. Okay, well, what's some missing pieces here, you know? Sure. Because we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, let's get to it. Okay, here we go. Uh, Matthew 26, verses 51 through 56. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. Uh oh. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Mm. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? In that same hour, said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Mm. It's rough, huh? It's rough when your friends, you know. It's very interesting. Scatter like roaches when the lights turn on, you know? Interesting. So in John 18, 10 through 11, it tells us that it was Simon Peter who cut off the ear of Malchus, who was the high priest's servant. In Luke twenty two fifty one, 51, it records that Jesus touched the servant's ear and healed him. I know, you're left hanging. Well, yeah. He cut his ear off when you leave in the garden? Yeah. Did he put it in his pocket? You know, um, so there's some experts out there that when, you know, they're 
when they talk about eyewitness testimonies and why there's things left out in one and added in another, they're saying that this is exactly why they believe that these are the actual eyewitness testimonies of the people that right. witnessed it. There's their perspective. Right, because this is what you would expect. You would right. expect people, some people to leave out a detail, some people to add a detail. It, it makes you know, sense. It does. It doesn't take away from anything. Well, it, 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 to their point, that it makes it even more reliable, right? That right. these are reliable eyewitness testimonies. Because eyewitness testimony is inherently, you know, lacking like a video. You can't watch it like a video. You're just getting somebody's memory. And that's why people would say that it contradicts the other Gospels, but it really doesn't. Well, that's silliness, yeah. It doesn't contradict. No, not at all. So it is very interesting that in Luke 22, 35 through 38, Jesus makes mention of purchasing a sword, and his disciples said they had two. They would be facing hatred and persecution and would need to be prepared. A sword would be needed to protect against robbers and bandits as well while traveling. So, so you know, it's just like we were saying, you know, it was not properly used. Right? No, no, of course not. Yeah. But see, Jesus is not going to go against himself. He's not some pacifist. No. He told him get two swords. If you go back and read that, yeah. Oh, in, yeah. in Luke twenty-two thirty-five through thirty, yeah, we have two. Yeah. So somebody else was packing two. That's right. That's right. So, but he, but but Peter, it's like, hey, we're getting ready to go to Jerusalem. You guys packing? You know, you're like, yeah. Clearly, two swords. You know. So think it's this funny. You know, people talk about not carrying guns, but like, what if people walked around carrying swords again? You know, wouldn't that be weird? That's what the Arabs are doing in Israel. Yeah, that's all you can get is knives. That's true. You wouldn't want to bring a knife to a gunfight. No, that's why you carry a gun. I know a lot of the terrorism <laughs> in, in Israel is done by knives mm-hmm. and guns, though. I mean, a lot of the stuff recently has been with guns. They sneak it in the country. So. Uh, Verses 53 and 54, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled? Thus it may be. Hmm. Thus it must be, sorry. So Yeshua is stopping Peter, telling him, What are you doing? Do you not think that if I needed it, that I could just call down legions of angels and hellfire, you know, or heavenly fire? Aren't there some uh, Middle Eastern countries that have a sword on their flag? Mm-hmm. I believe What's so. the prophecy against Ishmael? His hand will be against everyone. Everyone's Amen. hand against him. Mm-hmm. Is it Saudi Arabia that has the sword? I don't know. I know. I think there's multiple that have a sword. Very interesting that would be on your flag. It is. So a Roman legion at full strength had 6,000 soldiers. So 12 legions would make up 72,000 Can you imagine 72,000 angels swooping down on that garden? Mm. That might be overkill. Like it, a swarm. I think he only needs one legion. You know. <laughs> you know? I know. That's <laughs> amazing, like though. Less than a whole. But, but see, this goes back to Dr. Michael Heiser. God bless his soul. I mean, yeah. he's in heaven now. Yeah. But, you know, he makes mention of what does God want. He wants us. He wants family. Right. And that's why he created the angels. Mm-hmm. He wanted family. And then some of the family members, you know, there was a little bit of a coup. There was a coup. Yeah. There was a, uh, a rebellion. Yep. And uh, they violated the trust of Yahweh and they'll never get it back. Mm. Check out the book of Enoch, man. He was trying to help them and be a mediator and there's no forgiveness for them. Yeah. Hell was created for them. Well, but, this but is, men choose to go there. This is proof though that Jesus could have called down uh the angels to fight for him but instead he chose to lay down his own life. Yeah. And this is a big big thing because people say that the the Jews killed Jesus or the Romans killed Jesus. And while you know you can obviously make those arguments the point that's more important is that he laid down his own life for us, right? They may have been the vehicle that he used, 
So we, then we choose to follow him. You know, he, he, he died so we can live. That's right. He laid down his own life for us. Which, That's powerful. Praise God. I mean, if you think about it, all you have to do is, is, is hear his voice and keep his covenant. That's right. That's all he wants. Mm-hmm. Like what we're doing at Beit Tehillah. Mm-hmm. That's just what God wants. Whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever, whatever he wants, he's going to get. Mm-hmm. So when you in, it, start to invite the Jewish people into your life, that's what he wants. That's right. We don't have to debate this and argue this. Right. They don't have to be born again. It's the whole house of Israel. Yeah, it's the whole house of Israel. It's the two sticks becoming one. That's right. I mean, so that's awesome. So uh, verses 55 and 56, uh, in that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, are ye come out against, as a th- uh, out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. This is interesting how he calls them out, you know. It says, although the religious leaders could have arrested Jesus at any time, they came at night because they were afraid of the crowds that followed him each day. According to Jewish teachings, the Jewish council was not to meet at night, and an accused party was never to be subjected to private or secret examination. So having this secret examination at night was illegal and against Jewish protocol. They are making a special exception for Jesus. In the Six Trials of Jesus by John W. Lawrence, I think you can download it and print it on PDF. Or I'm not sure exactly. There might be a revised version. But anyway, um, it was totally corrupt. First of all, they made the charges against Jesus to kill him. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have the witnesses. Yeah. Then they paid for it. Yeah. I mean, so the whole thing was just bad. Right. The whole thing was just rotten. I mean, when you think about it. Yep meeting at night, all these things, and uh, it's uh, it's appalling, you know. Paying someone to betray him, I mean, you know, like the, if the, you have such a case, know. right? If you have a case, then you don't need to do those things. You don't need to pay false witnesses. You don't need to pay a betrayer. You don't need to do these things if you have a case. If you don't have a case, then obviously this is the only way that you're going to get them. But how sad is it, though, you know, when you think about it, a, a theocracy is what God wants, but he doesn't get it. But just, I mean, I'm not bashing the church or anything, but the, the church is not in good shape right now. Mm-hmm. A lot of churches have closed, watered-down gospel, bad doctrine, mm-hmm. whatever. There's hirelings running churches. And then, of course, then of course you have the government that's corrupt and all these other things. Yeah. And, and passing laws that go against God and different things. So, And then yet here we are. We're Israel grafted in. Yeah. We're the children of God, and that's what he wants. You know, I was... Uh... I was thinking about this the other day because here in Tampa Bay, there's been a lot of unity amongst the churches, the different denominations and things, people coming together for, you know, pastors coming together, prayer, all kinds of stuff, and um, under a, a spirit of unity, which is good. And they talk about the Big C Church, which, again, I'm, I'm, that's, the, that's the euphemism that they're using to say, hey, we're putting down denominational lines and our disagreements doctrinally so that we can come together for the bigger purpose of praying and crying out to the Lord. Right. Which, again, I think all of this is good. But it's not about the Big C Church, right? It's about the Big K Kingdom. And I think that's where we all need to, to learn to get focused is on the Kingdom of God and ushering in the Kingdom. Amen? Oh, I agree. Yep. So lastly, the scheme of the religious leaders had been predicted in the Scriptures. That's why Yeshua had said, you know, but all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. And so you can find uh, some examples of this in Psalm 22, Isaiah 53, and Zechariah chapters 12 and 13. So, 
Um, and I encourage you guys to go back and, and do some study, uh, because when you, I mean, just the book of Isaiah, like if you just start reading Isaiah, you and I have been talking about this for the past couple of weeks, you know, especially because daily bread, it's gone through There's it, right? something going down. Man, and, and just reading through the book of Isaiah and all these prophecies, it's like, this is Yeshua. Like, how do you not see? Yeah. I mean, and Don't it, go down to Egypt. Egypt's not going to help you. Right, right, Egypt's right. Egypt's not going to save you. That's like, a, you know, the, the world. Yeah. Exactly. The world wants to eat you up and spit you out. Well, and just so many examples that are clearly talking about Yeshua, you know, like the the uh, the 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 root and offspring of David, um, you know, all of the the things that it talks about, the prophecies, and then how it talks about Ephraim and Judah right after it, and just how this is just so relevant to present day and so relevant to Yeshua himself. It's been good stuff, you know, I mean, reading through Isaiah. Oh, yeah, it's deep. And just, uh, you know, messianic prophecy. He was a real statesman, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, how about, I was reading that, I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I mean, he preached for three years naked. Huh? Yeah. Who did? Isaiah. Naked. Naked. Uh. Oh, I found that. Wow. I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's he asking you to do? You know, I'm just, check it out. He, Lord, is that you? Yeah. Oh, keep your clothes on? Okay. Yeah, yeah no. so he was you know, naked for three <laughs> years, and, and, and he wanted to prove a point. So yeah. the prophet did it, and, and, and it accomplished what it had to accomplish. I'm just yeah. saying, that's, there, that's there's, no, there's, no, there's no pride. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. All right, so we have come to the end where we find two points that we uh, get out of this study. And uh, what do you have two points there, Pastor? Man? I do. All right, let's hear them. All right, finish this one, this one up here, here. Okay, this is what I got. Pray for wisdom to know and do God's will. Hmm. So when someone challenges you, I'm doing what the Father's told me to do. Yeah. And be confident in that. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, yeah, be confident in that. That, that uh, Pray for wisdom to know and do God's will. Here's another thing. We could develop this even more. But number two, you will never experience the mental anguish that Yeshua did. Mm. That's true. I've had mental anguish and torment. Yeah. But not like him. Yeah, I've been there. I, I'm just saying. Well, that. I imagine like I've been, I've felt like the torment of my own sin before. And that's what brings true repentance. But Yeshua took on the sin of the whole world. So I can only imagine what that feels like. I mean, that's got to be like. You know, if we just, if we just take things literal, mm-hmm. it's so simple, Ryan. It's like this. This is what I finally understood. God is holy. Mm-hmm. He has no faults. Right. None. You know, he need not repent, you know. And, and so he is holy, but we are not. So he has to figure out a way to allow us to come to him mm-hmm. in a way that, that will not go against his character. Right, spiritual laws. So, so f- it's, it's really cool when you think that you know, God rules, not God's rules. Amen, yeah. When you get into this whole do's and don'ts and this and that, and well, you're not doing it. You know, uh, Pastor Daniel Stahl said something that was so cool. 
He said, we are human beings, not human doings. Huh. Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so I love that. We're beings. Yeah. We uh, are a being. Yeah. You know, and whatever we're wrestling with, you know, we have to realize that he, he will get us through it. We need to wrestle with God, you know. And I'll tell you, you know, I look back and I, I, I look back at my regrets and if I could change some things. And I'll tell you what, it still leaves a bad taste in my mouth mm-hmm. when I think about it even today that that was really painful. Yeah. I wish I'd have never embarked on that. Yeah. When Paul talks about being ignorant, I didn't know any better. Yeah. And, and it's true when you really think about it. Yep. It's not like you've been converted and you've been redeemed and born again, and then you're just going to go back and sin yeah, and just just do it. It just doesn't work like that because that conscience is going to kick in. And so I'm, I'm just left to, to think that, uh, you know, in all points, Jesus was tempted. He understands our situation. You know, people say, well, you don't understand Jesus. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> Yeah, talk about so, ignorant statements. Oh, Jesus doesn't understand, you know. But su- the rite of passage for suffering is in the Bible. You know, I mean, Paul was stoned, left for dead, but he didn't die. <laughs> I mean, he was, I guess he was scourged. Mm-hmm. I think he was beaten in prison. Oh, yeah. I don't know if he was. Maybe because he was a Roman citizen, they stopped it. I have to go back. That's what, right. Yeah, what yeah. did they do to Paul? Yeah. You can't do this. I'm a Roman citizen. I love it, man. He pulled out the Roman citizen card. Yeah. They're like, whoa, you know. wait a second. So anyway, that's that's really all I have. I mean, this is pretty powerful. So I got my two points. My first one is stay alert. Stay alert. That's what he said. That's right. Stay wow. alert. And I mean, what what good advice? We got to be vigilant and sober. You know, stay alert. Wow. Uh, and that comes to so many areas of our life. Um, it's good advice to stay alert. Uh, number two was, um, you can make the biggest impact for the kingdom if you know God's will and also do God's will. It's not just enough to know it. Say that again. You can make the biggest impact for the kingdom, or the biggest impact of the kingdom will be made when you know God's will and do God's will. You can make the biggest impact for the kingdom when you know God's will and do God's will. You've got to know it and do it. When you know God's will. Know God's will. And do it. Do God's will. And do God's will important that'll make you think it will it will and you know it's so funny because i i can think of all the times and like man i just i see people out there that are just doing the the thing that god called them to do at the time god called them to do it in the place god called them to do it and you just see it and you're like wow man that talk about impact like, i mean you just really see the impact being made you know if you just lay low because we're in the season of redemption we're in the first month you know on the first day is the biblical new year but Tomorrow night will be the 10th of Nissan. Mm. That's when you go in to get your lamb. Yeah, bring and it in. examine it, expe- mm-hmm. inspect it. And that's what Yeshua did let the kids before name Passover. It. He went into the temple. Yeah, let the kids and name it, become their pet for four days. Then you slit its throat yeah. and put the blood on your doorpost. And you make them eat it. <laughs> eat your pet. <laughs> I know. It sounds a little sadistic, huh? It really is if yeah. you think about yeah. it. I mean, I love animals, so yeah, that would be a tough road for me. You know, I don't think people used to think about animals the way we think about them, you know. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about, you know, how they just, you know, shoot all the squirrels in their yard with a BB gun because they just hate squirrels. And I'm like, you know, I mean, I don't, I ain't got no love for squirrels either, but I don't be shooting them with a BB gun, you know. No, 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 no. You reap what you sow. 
Yeah. I mean, squirrels are rodents, so they're just like tree rats. You know? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, tree rats. But they're God's creation. <laughs> Amen. We should end on this note. Go ahead and pray for us. Pray us out. Yeah, let, let's pray. Yes. Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in the earth today. We thank you for this podcast. May you receive all the praise, honor, and glory. Father, your word says that you would scatter us, but you would gather us. And we thank you that a second time your hand has come out to us, the outcasts of Israel. Yes. You will gather. And to Judah, to the four corners of the earth, you shall gather. So, Father, we just thank you for these opportunities. We thank you for what you're doing for our families and what you're doing in our lives. And uh, that we are priests, a holy nation unto you. And so we thank you for the season of redemption. We thank you for our kinsman redeemer. Well, we ask you to forgive us of our sins, cleanse us of all iniquity, Father, and allow us, Father, to really examine our lives and, and, and deal with if, if there's any hanging curses left, hanging around. We need to, we need to break those curses off our families. And then, uh, of course, with the familiar spirits, we need to break those off as well. Father, what's a familiar spirit that's, that's hindering us or taunting us or holding us back? Uh, what is it, Father, that's holding us back? And lastly, Father, may we crucify our flesh every day. Those three things, Father. We just plead the blood of Jesus right now in our lives. In this church, we thank you for uh, this Shabbat coming up tonight. We thank you for uh, our service tomorrow. We ask you to just uh, uh, let our hearts be turned towards you. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. All right. Well, you know, keep the conversation going in the comment section. Uh, appreciate you guys who, who do give us feedback when you do give us feedback. Uh, also, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net. If you guys need any resources for Passover, you want to get those uh, requests over to me quickly. Um, but bless you guys. Have a great week.